Kind of a breaking news edition of the Swarmcast. David Eichel here along with Sean Bach, 24-7 Sports Hawkeye Insider. I apologize for the second Swarmcast in a row. I'm still a little bit under the weather, but I don't think I sound like a bullfrog as much, so that's a good sign. Uh, but, Sean, it's been a – you know, a lot of people are wondering where the basketball recruiting has gone. You know, Aaron Euless committed, I think, about six weeks ago, maybe a little bit more around that area. Uh, but things have been pretty quiet on that end, but – you know, all of a sudden, Iowa lands three commits in the past 72 hours um, in Tony Perkins and the Murray twins, which is former former Iowa Hawkeye Kenyon Murray's twin sons. They're down in DME Academy in Florida. But, uh, Sean, I guess let, let's kind of dive right into it. I guess we'll start with uh, Tony Perkins. I know you got the chance to catch up with him after the visit, and I know we kind of had a feeling leading up until uh, – his visit that he was kind of Iowa's to lose and he just needed to visit to kind of solidify that. Uh, is that kind of what you took it as and kind of break down his game just a little bit and kind of the process about Iowa getting him? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a Joe Toussaint situation last year. He kind of knew coming into the visit that Iowa was going to be the place for him. It was just a matter of getting up to Iowa City and really seeing the coaching staff, seeing practice, seeing everything that Iowa has to offer and then ultimately end up committing. So, it was the same deal with Perkins, really everything kind of fit what he needed. Iowa coaches really like him, really like his potential on the wing. Um, believe he can be a guy on both sides of the ball that will really, really help out. I think he's more, he's listed at six foot four, but I think he's like a six foot three, very athletic prospect, gets after on both sides of the ball, like I said. Um, improving his jump shot, one thing that he really needs to work on a bit is kind of his decision making and um kind of the shots he takes but other than that I mean you look at it he loves the up-tempo style play he loves everything um that McCaffrey and this coaching staff brings to the table and really a guy that you kind of like well you look at his offer list what Ball State Bradley Toledo Miami Ohio you're kind of like ah maybe maybe it's kind of a reach but I do think I do think Iowa got a pretty good steal on this one I don't know he's not going to make an impact right away um, maybe his first year. I mean, maybe he can be a contributor here and there. But I think you look at it. You look at it long term. You got C.J. Frederick at the two, who's going to be, I think, one of the better shooting guards in the Big Ten for the next couple of years. You got a guy like Joe Wieskamp, who I think is going to be there for at least another year or two after this season, and Connor McCaffrey as well, and then maybe even some other guys like. Um, Joe Toussaint would make an impact. He's not two, but no, but I do think you look at Perkins and you're like, okay, there's there's gonna be a role for him on this team. There's there's definitely gonna be a spot for him to fit in well and and make an impact. Maybe not his first year on campus as much, but down the line, there's definitely there's definitely room for him. Yeah, it's one of those guys too. I, I caught with a couple of people that you know are familiar with his game and after watching some tape I'm you know I, I pretty much agree with their assessment I know I think you think the same Sean but you know talking to some people about the reason why he didn't have a lot of high major offers I know you kind of touched on this but decision making plays really fast uh at times bad shot selection at times but that that those things are correctable I think and it was one of those things where I don't think he's a high major player in a slow system but if you put it in a run and gun, encourage you to shoot a uh, system like Fran McCaffrey runs, you know, you need an athletic backcourt. You need guys that want to get to the hoop. You need guys that can shoot it. And he has a pretty decent form and he can get, he can get hot from three. 
Uh, I think he shot around 40% last season. So I think that's a good sign. So he's kind of got that starter kit. But like you said, I think he needs a, a year or two to kind of learn how to play under control, adjust the college game. But with Fran's system, if he can learn how to play under control and get after it on both ends of the floor – I mean, Iowa fans have wanted a bat, an athletic backcourt, and I, you know, they're going to be getting Aaron Eulis. They're going to be getting Joe Toussaint now, obviously who's already enrolled, and they're going to be getting Tony Perkins. And that's a pretty dang athletic backcourt, and guys that really want to get after it and prove something. Because you know, I, th- I think for the most part that they all feel like they are pretty underrated and deserved, you know, some higher offers. But I, I do see them as high upside guys. Uh, with Fran's system. So it, it'll be kind of interesting to watch them develop, I think, over the next few years. Right. And I think if you're familiar with Indiana high school basketball, you know the tradition, you know the story programs. Perkins plays one of the toughest schedules in Indiana. So he's going up against guys that are playing high major basketball, mid-major basketball, and even like really good like D2, lower D1 players, even some D3 players. So definitely when you look at it, he's not going to play cupcakes. He's averaging 18 points a game, probably even around 20 this year against some of the t- best teams in the state. So can't really can't really scoff at that. So it'll be kind of interesting to see. Obviously, Sean has the article and the interview up with Perkins. Seems pretty excited to, to get to Iowa. Bonded well with the team. You know what? Something that did interest me, Sean, that uh, kind of jumped out at me by your interview with him, Bakari Evelyn was his, was his host, and Evelyn hasn't even played a – a game in Iowa uniform yet, but you know, uh, Perkins was really impressed with Evelyn and the entire Iowa team. Uh, but it seemed like Bakari did a pretty nice job of selling the program, you know, for being a fifth year guy who really hasn't, I guess, hasn't seen all that Iowa has to offer, at least from a game day perspective. Yeah, I agree with you. And Bakari, as we know, is a very personable guy, very, very outgoing, very nice, great guy to talk to. So doesn't surprise me that Bakari did a good job of making him comfortable. Um, I know Bakari's not originally from Indiana, but I think being from Valparaiso and kind of being around Indiana guys maybe, maybe, maybe helped in a little bit of a sense. So who knows? Who knows there? But I do think I do think Bakari was a big reason that Perkins felt so comfortable right away. And you know, continuing on with uh, with the hoops commits, obviously one of the most interesting. This is, this is an interesting conversation, I think, Sean, because obviously Keegan and Chris Murray uh, were flown out for official visits uh, this past weekend as well, both, I think, around six foot eight uh, wings that elected to do a postgraduate year in DME Academy in Florida, uh, but officially visited Iowa and, and committed to full ride offers over the past, uh, I believe, on Sunday, you mentioned it. Uh, not, I guess. I guess over the past few days, Sean, it's not really out of nowhere. But how how would you kind of break down the Murrays and kind of how this how this all came about? No, they so the whole thing with the Murrays is they mostly had D two offers in high school, and Iowa honestly did not start monitoring them till June. I know one of them or both of them told me that the interest started in June. They were going to open gyms and stuff, and that's when things started to really pick up a little bit. And then this fall, they played at the Hoop Exchange. Um, not sure the exact location, but it was a showcase tournament for prep schools, and they played well. We saw that Paul Biancardi tweeted out something. You're kind of like, oh, maybe maybe this could be something. Iowa really started to pick up the interest and liked what they saw, got them on campus this weekend, offered, took them. They offered on Friday, and then they the Twins committed on Sunday morning. This um, So – 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. It all happened pretty fast, and they're still trying, still trying to really take it all in. But it kind of seemed like a like a perfect marriage in a sense to them. I know Iowa fans are kind of like, "Whoa, that was really that happened really fast." That kind of happened out of nowhere. But I think when you look at both the Murray twins, six foot eight, I think Chris is two fifteen. Keegan might be two hundred five. I probably flip flop flip, flip flopped that. But uh, I I think Keegan's a little bit heavier. I think Chris is the lighter one. Yeah, I. I'm not 100% sure, but um, their only offer coming into this weekend was from Western Illinois. They had D2, D, D1 interest from some mid-major schools like Drake and Illinois State were on them. I know Cal Berkeley was on one of the schools or on one of the twins. That's where uh, former Iowa assistant Andrew Francis is currently coaching at, so I'm sure he knew he knew the twins a little bit in Kenyon. But, yeah, it was kind of, it's kind of an interesting story. I mean – you got to feel happy for the kids. They're probably two of the most professional kids, like nicest down-to-earth kids that I've had the chance to really talk to, and that's just from a 10-, 15-minute phone conversation with them. But I think when you're looking at it from a skills perspective, six foot eight, very high upside, both of them still need to put some muscle on their frame, but pretty good shooters. I believe they both shot around 40% last year for Prairie. Um, I think – Keegan averaged 20 points a game, and Chris was around 16, 17. And they both shot 40, 38% from the field, but they're very good free throw percentage shooters, which I thought was interesting. But I think they'll probably, I think what Iowa likes a lot about them, or I know what Iowa likes about them a lot is their versatility. They can guard two to four. As I said, they're still kind of getting getting a little more strength on their on their frame, but I think when you look at it long-term, you're kind of like, these guys can develop into something just by the way they shoot it. And who knows? I mean, with six foot eight guys that can play either two, three, or four, that's that's really intriguing. And that's the way kind of basketball has been going. I'd like to see, I know they're pretty athletic, but I'd like to see them maybe get a little quicker with their foot speed and kind of in the open court. I think that'll be something to monitor. But I think when you look at it right now, you see probably redshirt their first year. I've been wrong about this stuff before, but I think that's that's kind of the vibe that I have right now with these two. Yeah, it's tough to gauge too because Fran Fran at least tells the media, and I, I believe him because I don't think Fran you know BSs a lot. Uh, he's a pretty straight shooter, uh, and he says that he's not forced players to take red shirts. They have to approach him, and based on previous examples, I mean, Macy Daly is probably the the biggest example there, Sean. That you know, Fran, I think. They said he'll suggest that they want him to redshirt, but uh, that he doesn't force him. And Macy said, no, I want to play. So Fran played him. Um, and obviously last year, Jack Nunji said, hey, coach, I want to redshirt. So you know, we, we've seen that in the past. Um, I'm interested to see what the Murrays do because especially with their postgraduate year, you know, they're going to be a little bit older. I think they're going to be a little bit more antsy to actually play some real competition in basketball. But I think like you said, I think that they should be, you know, I think they should consider redshirting uh, their first year. But, you know, Sean, I, I think you did a pretty nice job summing it up. So let's kind of move on to the, the, the big question that's on everybody's mind. What's next? 
uh, because obviously with Uless and the fold, Perkins and the Murray twins, Iowa's technically full on scholarships right now, but I, Fran and them have to have a plan because it, there's no way I can put my mind around this that they would spend over almost four years recruiting a kid in Xavier Foster, high four-star, uh, you know, out of Oskaloosa, Iowa. Uh, you know, he just took an official visit last weekend. Uh, so, excuse me for the Penn State weekend. Um, he's deciding on November 11th, and they hosted three-star center Josh Ogundaley. Uh, and they both seem to really enjoy their visit, and they've kind of talked about playing uh, together at the next level, especially with you know Foster being a little bit a little bit more perimeter based, and Ogundaley maybe being a guy that can you know kind of bang in the post, uh, rebound, finish at the rim, you know, kind of that Luca Garza pop out. But uh, what what do you think this means for for the team going forward? Because it, it, I do think that I'm interested to see what they do with the McCaffrey boys because I believe they're still both on scholarship. But it's kind of an easy fix if they, if Franny likes to take them both off scholarship next year. But as as he said in the past, Connor and Patrick both have earned scholarships, and they're good enough players to be scholarship athletes at Iowa. And I, you know, I obviously 100% agree with that, especially on Patrick. I mean, Patrick's a top hundred guy, and and Connor, for as much crap as people I think give him. I, he is a scholar. He is a D1 scholarship basketball player. He does play a good role for the team, and everyone in the locker room respects him. But what, what do you think this means for Iowa going forward? Yeah, that's interesting because you look at the scholarship situation right now and take into effect this means Jordan Bohan. I'm, this, I'm talking about if Jordan Bohan comes back next year, um, Cordell Pemsel comes back next year, there's, that's just speculation. Riley Till is still on scholarship. This is where the – Scholarship situation stands right now. Iowa would have no open scholarship spots. All 13 would be filled if they keep the McCaffrey boys on scholarship. So I think you look at that, and this is just me speculating, maybe they take someone off scholarship outside of. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. McCaffrey boys, maybe someone transfers elsewhere. That's just pure speculation. I'm not going to say names. That's just pure speculation. So I think it's interesting because, like you said, Dave, they have Xavier Foster still in the mix, and they have Josh Ogondele, who they really like, and I think he really likes Iowa as well. And I do think part of this had to do with the Jamari Sibley thing. I do think he's not going to Iowa at this point. Um mm-hmm. And DJ Gordon, obviously, we saw that whole situation kind of going up in, up into flames. And I think that's kind of where that other recruitment's trending right now with Sibley. But I do think you look at it, and Fran's probably like, well, we like both Ogundele and Foster, but it'll be interesting to see what they do because I think with Ogundele, it might take him a year or two to really develop. And at that point, you got – Luca Garza and Cordell Pemsel potentially gone. And then you add in guys like 
um, Foster and Ogundele potentially because you look at the you look at the Murray Twins right now and you're like these guys will not not like no offense on they will not be able to compete with some of those big bodies down low in the Big Ten. I understand that they're gonna put on weight and be stronger, but their games are versatile. Their games are more perimeter oriented. And I think you're going to want guys like Xavier Foster, or Josh Ogundele to really man the middle and be that true four or five player in the Big Ten. It's kind of one of those things where you want you want the Murray Twins to be more like kind of slide down to maybe the front court a little bit, but then you look at their true skill set and you're kind of like, well, these guys are more perimeter based and they'll probably be more of an impact on the perimeter. So I think it makes sense that you still go after Xavier and Josh Ogundele. Like, it, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, no, I agree. And it was one of those things, too, Sean, where I was just going to bring up. Again, Iowa does not spend nearly four years recruiting a guy like Foster and put number one priority in the class just to fill a spot before he even announces it. And from every indication we have, nobody knows what he's going to do. He thinks it's an in-state battle. Um, but you don't spend that long. And the reality is Iowa needs big men. They can't afford to not grab a big man in this class. I mean, there's just no way. Uh, You know, Iowa wants to be more athletic. They want to be more perimeter-based. They want to be versatile, obviously. But with Ryan Creener gone next year, and if Cordell Pemsel goes on a grad transfer, who do you have as a big guy? And, again, that's pure speculation on Cordell. We don't know anything. We're just putting together scenarios. I mean, where, where does Iowa go from there? They don't have big bodies. They have Luca Garza and Jack Nungi. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where Iowa must have a plan. And I don't think this has a direct impact on what they feel about Ogundele or Foster. I think they're still very much in the mix. Every indication that we have and, you know, every source we've spoken to, Sean's been all over this, obviously. Uh, I was very much in the mix for these, for the two of them. So it'll be kind of interesting going forward. But anyway, I, I think, you know, we kind of wrap this up quick, Sean, but Iowa grabs three new commits uh, and they will be interesting guys to monitor. I'm interested to see uh, kind of how the Murray twins have developed over the past several months. I'm interested to see how Aaron Euless performs this year and Perkins with kind of this Iowa spotlight on him now and Iowa fans attention on him. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow for another podcast, obviously, uh, talking about the Purdue win, previewing Northwestern, and Iowa football surviving and advancing. But, you know, the hoops recruiting is kind of heating up, and it's not going to go away till signing day. So uh, any any final thoughts, Sean? No, I mean, it's nice to see the basketball recruiting is kind of picking up. Um, a lot of people are kind of – I mean, there's still things – there's still pieces left to go, I do think. There's – there's Iowa still has a lot to do with Xavier Foster. I mean, like I said, I like where they stand right now, but the battle's not going to end. So it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time. Yeah. A lot of football still and a lot of basketball. And it's, it's been busy, but I do think there's going to be – Iowa fans are going to be happy in one way or another. Yeah, so obviously, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. Obviously, a lot of news, a ton of stuff on the site from, from Sean Dillon to myself today. Sean's been all over the – recruiting trail recapping a lot of iowa's priority visitors over the past weekend football and basketball so stay tuned to hawkeye insider and 24 7 sports for that but uh yeah i guess we'll sign off for now and uh we'll talk to you again tomorrow on the swarmcast
The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, new season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.